When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. The strong housing and construction market we're seeing now means demand is high for lumber, but rising interest rates are putting uncertainty on that market. This is according to Heather Berkland. She's the Wisconsin DNR chief forester. She talks about what's top of mind for her from both a forest and economic health perspective. We we work closely with industry um, on markets, especially um, with the resource management side of things, so loggers, um, as well as, as the mill piece of it. Um, and so when there's closures or when there's, um, you know, changes in the economy, it can impact and trickle down through the forest industry as well. And so our staff, um, you know, are keeping tabs, are talking with, with our industry partners, um, ensuring that, you know, we have processes, systems, policies in place so that we can um, continue to support um, the entire supply chain um, from the resource management um, to working with landowners, um, to getting wood um, to markets. Um, and so, yeah, right now, uh, I would say markets are pretty steady. Um, some, uh, as far as pine and aspen, are really good right now. Mixed hardwood and oak pulp um, is kind of a tough market. Um, you know, and in, in certain pulpwood in certain parts of the state, um, it has been a challenge to, to sell, um, sell that wood and get it to market. Um, I would say hardwood, saw timber, and softwood do remain in high demand by the sawmills. Um, still, because of that strong housing and remodeling market right now, there is a little bit of uncertainty um, for what the future holds, given some of the recent interest rate uh, rate hikes. Um, but really, those high prices don't always trickle down to the loggers or landowners, because much of it ends up in kind of that distribution. Um, and then, um, you know, I think the biggest concern that, you know, we kind of want to work with our loggers on are some of the transportation costs. Um, so for the truckers um, and loggers and with the increase in fuel prices, um, it does have an impact on, on our forest industry and, and logging community. And then also thinking about workforce development long term from logging in the woods to foresters that are um, managing um, to, you know, mill workers um, all have an impact on, um, on the prices and on the demand um, and ability to, to sell and move wood. In the past five years already, we saw, you know, Verso, Park Falls, and then also uh, Georgia Pacific may also be closing its doors. Tell me what those conversations look like from your end? I mean, does DNR play a role in you know, navigating those waters when it comes to a, a mill maybe having to close? Yeah, our role is more um, providing um, like data and input into kind of those decision makings. Um, oftentimes, industry may ask us for um, what is uh, what is our um, uh, market or as far as the amount of wood, the types of wood that um, is going to be available um, across the state. So having um, inventory, forest inventory analysis um, is kind of where our wheelhouse is and being able to provide kind of those um, that data as well as some of the economic piece of um, the resource that's out there. And then um, as far as an industry's decision, um, you know, that that isn't necessarily within the division of forestry and our staff. They have business reasons. They're looking at both, um, you know, state, national, international trends um, and based with upon their kind of business practices on um, whether they can continue 
Um, prices of, of and having that supply chain is also an important piece, having that resource. Um, but often there's not a, you know, one reason why a mill might close. Um, and I think uh, one of the things that we're seeing is trying to um, think about new types of wood products, um, innovations, having um, some of these um, mills uh, being able to adapt to changing trends, changing markets, um, and being able to invest in these kind of new um, innovative products so that they can um, adapt in, when there are shifts in, in resources or the economy um, and so that they can meet um, the demand uh, long-term. And so finding ways that we can attract um, in industry into our state is, is one of the roles that we play as well, working with our partners, um, you know, as well as being able to find ways to support um, the resource so that there is a continuous product out there as well. I'm curious how those lingering supply chain challenges that we kind of st- saw start during the pandemic are continuing to have an effect on the lumber and timber industry. So price of fuel, employment, what are you seeing there? Yeah, I think it, uh, the forest industry is not immune like most right now. Most um, job, you know, workforce out there is, is having the, some of those same challenges. And I think... Um, uh, working together and, and figuring out a plan of attack going forward on how we can, um, you know, mitigate some of these costs for our industry is going to be important, um, as well as um, that public outreach and education on the importance of why we need to continue to support forest industry here in Wisconsin for that economic um, impact back to our state, you know, as well as, you know, having that future workforce excited about a career in, in forestry and just connecting the public to um, all of the forest resources, the tree products that we use um, in their everyday um, lives and and seeing how important it is that we continue to support um, the forestry efforts and industry here in our state is going to be critical. And Heather, I don't, I don't want to just dwell on maybe what's going wrong in the industry. I also (laughs) want to ask you what's going well, how, you know, are our forests healthy, um, are communities bouncing back from closures or are we seeing new business come into the state? What's going well for the industry? Yeah, no, I, I think it, it is good to look at our successes. And I think um, anytime you have challenges, it does bring partners together to be thinking about how we can um, collaborate and, and help move forward. And so a couple initiatives with some of our, with some of the federal um Infrastructure um, and Investment Jobs Act, some of the federal funding that might be coming through will help, um, you know, boost some of the some industry initiatives um, across the spectrum of forestry. So that's really exciting. Um, I think forest health-wise, it's always ebb and flow. Um, you know, we obviously have some challenges with some pests occurring um, based on the year. Um, you know, emerald ash borer is still a, a big concern as crossing our state as well as oak wilt. Um, but, you know, um, getting a handle, a handle on those, um, replanting reforestation efforts so that we have the next generation of trees. There's a lot of initiatives around um, reforestation and maintenance, so that's really exciting. Um, and investing in kind of nursery and uh, future stock. Um, you know, as, and I think in general, um, we, we have a good, uh, healthy resource overall across the landscape in Wisconsin. We do have diverse age classes and species that we can work with. Um, And so, you know, making sure that we can have that opportunity to continue to 
to manage to keep the forest healthy um, and having initiatives and partners in place to for those efforts um, are critical. How much damage do those pests actually do? I, I think I read a stat somewhere that 60% of the states or landowners account for 60% of the state's forest owners. So like how can they yeah. play a role in mitigating some of that damage? Right. Um, and so, so, you know, it starts with education, letting landowners know what they have out there and what to be looking for, how to contact or be in touch with, um, you know, a forest health specialist, um, you know, that, that's the first piece. And then, um, we do have some grant programs out there for funding, um, to help kind of mitigate some of the costs for, um, you know, having, maintaining forest health, our urban communities, um, having, we have, you know, funding and grants for them as well to be able to, to replant areas, um, where maybe they, they were lost to some forest health issues. Um, you know, sometimes when we have these, um, pests come through, obviously they're, they're pockets that are critical and have long-term impacts. Um, if we can, you know, but it really does depend on kind of the health of the forest and the trees to begin with. Um, and so take the spongy moss, for instance, or, um, the tent caterpillar, you know, if, if we have a wave come through, but if you already have existing healthy trees, they can usually withstand, um, you know, a couple years, but it's when we have all those stressors on top. So if you have drought or, um, you know, or extremely wet season or, um, you know, a, a early frost or something, all those can kind of impact the health. And then when you do have a pest come through, it just, it can compound the issues. And so, um, but yeah, having, um, the ability to work, provide some funding, um, uh, you know, uh, there's community weed, um, oh, I forget the name, uh, cooperatives um, for kind of combat. There's a lot of local groups that also work on invasive species um, management and, and forest health um, uh, projects. And so, so just that acknowledgement, um, the ability to, to partner on some of these projects to kind of help curtail um, and mitigate is, is, will be important. Heather Berkland along with us, the Wisconsin State Chief Forester, giving us an update on what she's seeing in terms of industry and forest health. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.